The Music Business Heroes podcast is about making a living in the music industry in ways that we don't typically hear about. Our heroes are not rock stars or divas. They are regular people sharing stories of success and failure from their lives in the music business. to the Music Business Heroes podcast. Uh, we have two hosts. I'm one of them. I'm Mitch. I'm the other one. I'm Steve. Today, we're talking to Andy Jones. Andy may have very well been the impetus to starting the Music Business Heroes podcast because I think he has a pretty cool job. He's a stage carpenter. He's also a lead carpenter. So we're going to dive into what all that means. So Andy, tell us about it. Okay. So you're a freelance stage carpenter. Correct. Basically, that means when we roll into some town, wherever that might be in the world, it's my job to make sure that the stage, whatever that might be, if it's just one level or multiple levels or lifts and all that sort of stuff, whatever the the stage gag is, gets all put together the right way in the same way every day. Usually there's couple of guys working with me and we break off into teams and build our little sections and bring it all together and a few hours later have a big rock show. <laughs> You're a carpenter by trade, like framing houses and things like that. Yes. Did you f- used to work on house building before you worked in the music industry? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So how did it all roll into, how, how did you take, uh, you know, building houses into building stages, which I think is cooler. <laughs> Yeah, undoubtedly. Yeah. Uh, both have their ups and downs. Um, so potatoes is the short answer to that. Um, the, long okay. answer is, <laughs> the long answer is, of course. Um, about seven years ago, my wife worked in uh, a high school, and every year they did a Thanksgiving food drive, and they collected things from the local community. So one of the gentlemen who donates potatoes... Um, and as a potato farmer, also happens to be a production manager in the music industry. So sent out an email, said, hey, I've got a degree in music industry. I'm interested in working in the music industry, but I'm also a carpenter, blah, blah, blah. Let's meet up. We met up. He offered me a position. And that was the year I went on my first tour as utility, which was kind of the, the low man on the totem pole. We're going to put you where we need you. What was your first tour? It was with uh, James Taylor and Carol King. Wow, that's a big start. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was kind of a big one right out the gate. Yeah. So there was a lot of, uh, I don't know if I want to say serendipitous things that happened, but there's there's two big things. You already had a degree in the music industry. Correct. So I want to I wanna look at that. But then also just kind of chance meeting with this potato guy. Right? Totally. Total yeah. chance. Yep. So lots of luck. But uh, the the point is you were ready to seize that opportunity because you had this music industry degree. So what's what's that about? Uh, the, the, degree, the degree itself is, is actually more of the uh, kind of the business side of it. You know, I started college in 97, graduated in 2001, Napster, all that was going on. Yep. Yeah. I mean, the music industry was changing while I'm being educated about the music industry. By the time I got out of the, out of college in 01, I kind of was like, I, I don't even know where to begin. 
I did my internship in California at the Deering Banjo Company because I thought maybe I'd get into manufacturing. I was into instruments and all that sort of business. We flew home on September 15th of 2001. Wow. Yeah. So Whoa, that was an wow. interesting flight. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we got home. My, my girlfriend was with me at the time. She's not my wife. And we came home and kind of reevaluated some things, went off to Europe for a little while. And then I tried to get into music locally as like a local stagehand. I did some stuff in Vermont for like Trey Anastasio. And, but that's as a local guy. That didn't get me any sort of clout or anything. I couldn't just say, hey, why don't you take me on tour? Have you ever uh, not worked in the music industry? Basically, every minute of pounding nails was not in the music industry. Um, I worked in a guitar shop in Vermont for a while while I was doing some of that local work. And eventually I moved out of Vermont, just bounced around for a little bit and ended up getting my father-in-law's a contractor in Saranac Lake. So I started doing that, which was fun. It was also creative. You got to use your brain, problem solve. Um, it just kind of kept that ball going, the creative, use your hands sort of thing. And 2010, back to that other story about just happened to know a guy who knew a guy. When you first entered a school for a music industry degree, what was your original intention? <laughs> my original intention was to uh, take my high school band to the pinnacle of rock stardom. Uh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but I had a uh, guidance counselor who maybe more practically or I don't know, I thought he was nuts for telling me I should go to college because that seems ludicrous. I'm going to be a rock star. Um, it was it was a good idea. Uh, and he said, well, if you're going to be involved in music and you really like that, maybe have a fallback that's music related. So he's like, they've got this program there. It's music. But it's the business side of it. And if it doesn't work out, you can translate that business degree into some other profession, some other area. Like, okay. That's really solid advice. Yeah, my yeah, point is. I had no other real prospects as far as college was concerned. I, haven't, I had no career path in mind. Like, oh, I, I want to be a dentist or I want to be a you know, whatever. It just was like, okay, that's a, maybe that's a solid fallback. It was definitely a plan yeah. B. So the plan was uh, be a rock star, and then and then plan B was all have this business experience. Right. If yeah. if rock star falls through, <laughs> yeah, if on the slim chance, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so having said all that, kind of having this um, just stars aligning kind of career path, uh, moving from one thing to the other, do you feel like? you have a successful career in the music industry? Well, um, I have work. Again, as, I'm, as an independent guy who has to send out the emails and make the phone calls and kind of pound the pavement to get the next job, I've met enough people and I've made enough contacts where that's become a little easier. Where in the past, like the first two, after the first tour, I was like, okay, now what? So now what do I do? <laughs> that was a bit of a learning curve as to how to keep that ball going. I guess I could say I'm successful in that I can still get work. Is that still a large part of your day-to-day -day career work is hunting down jobs? It was more before, but now, I mean, I've got two kids now, got a wife, trying to find that balance between 
working, which means being away from home and being at home and being a dad and being a husband and, you know, being a decent guy who's not away all the time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Typical music industry struggle, like whether yeah. you're a rock star or, uh, you know. Yeah. You don't have to be the guy on the marquee to, to feel all those things, to be away from home. To, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm probably, probably not out there as much as I was in the beginning. I had a couple of years where I was working six or seven, maybe even eight months out of the year, but I didn't have kids then. So six, seven, eight months on the road. Yeah. Away from home. Yeah. Wow. wow. Kind of, you know, give or take, it wasn't all in one chunk. If I wanted to, I could get on a tour that would be away for two years, year and a half, wow. a year. Literally like North America, South America, Europe, Australia and Japan and all that sort of stuff. You're in a position to, cause, cause that sounds pretty cool. And I can see how that would be appealing to somebody who's younger and not as, you know, like house and kids and wife and all yeah. that. Um, so you're in a position, though, to get those jobs because you've been at it for so long. Yeah. Is that right? Only having done this for about seven years now, I'm kind of still a newbie. Really? Yeah. I mean, there's guys that have been doing this for 20, 30 years. But I'm trying to, you know, try to be somewhat normal. But I'm a bit of an anomaly to have a wife and two kids and because it is not, not easy. I started doing this after I was married. So my wife did not sign up for this. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, you know, I'm trying to have to, I'm trying to kind of strike a balance here. And uh, <laughs> Have you had, uh, you know, any of those guys that have, have been at it for like 20 years? Have any of those guys been kind of like mentors to you? Yeah, I mean, I've had a couple of uh, people that have been pretty consistent, you know, with their, with their advice. And, um, you know, I, I could pick the phone up right now and give them a call on, and they'd say, you know, hey, what's going on? And I, I could probably bend their ear for a while about a couple of things. You learn a lot of what, about what to do and you learn about, a lot about what not to do. What's the worst piece of advice you've got? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't have a specific thing in mind, but it's more like observing the actions of others and maybe learning from that. Not following their example would be... Uh, that's not really bad advice from somebody, but more like bad advice through their actions. Like, oh, I don't think I'm going to do that. Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without getting, in, again, too many specifics about them. Yeah, we don't want to out anybody here. <laughs> yeah, I've got the non-disclosure agreements. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. You're working with big names. So. Yes. Mm -hmm. Do you ever uh, come across any of those big names in your in your work? As far as... Like, are they... Did you meet Prince? <laughs> I was in the same room as Prince. I was not necessarily okay. a, uh, hey, how's it going? Sure. I don't even know if I'd want to do that, honestly. Like, No, that's a... Being uh, in the same room is pretty cool. But. Yeah. I was happy with that because uh, I think if I were to go up to him and be like, hey, I'm so-and-so, he'd be like, cool, we'll see you later. Meaning yeah, you're exactly. going home. <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't just talk to me. <laughs> Who do you think you are? You got to clear that through my handlers. Yeah. It was a trip, too. I mean, he was only in the room for a little while, but it's memorable. No doubt about it. Have you met any other, um, I don't know, big rock stars like that? Or, I mean, even not so big, but just like people that um, you like to be around. Here's the thing I'm trying to get at. <laughs> if, is, it, is it more fun to 
hang around with the kinds of people that are at rock shows where you'd be building a stage as opposed to hanging around with the types of people who would be like on a construction site where you're building a house? Yeah, uh, there are characters in both fields. Um, but um, <laughs> Yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, you could be sitting there backstage or, you know, just doing your thing or you've done your day's work and you're kind of hanging out and any number of people that you just would not expect could be walking by people that are there to visit the people that are performing. You're like, Oh, Hey, look, there's so-and-so. And you know, you're like, oh, it just, Oh, I didn't expect to see them. Um, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Oh I, yeah. I did a um, <laughs> benefit. I guess you want to say like a election night kind of benefit thing. He was there. He was performing. I was standing right next to him. And uh, that's crazy. Yeah, it's <laughs> so bizarre. The boss wasn't my boss. My boss was on stage too, but he's the boss. He's the boss. And we were there to help out the boss, boss. You know, <laughs> yeah, the president. So got to meet him too. That was kind of cool. Wow. And, uh, wow. Meet. You know, it was like handshake. Hi. Thanks. That's on my my short list of cool moments. And if you were just building houses. And if I was just building houses, I don't think I'd meet the president. If we change gears and we start talking about the opposite side of the spectrum, it's, it's pretty amazing with these stories, getting to meet the boss and getting to meet the president. <laughs> but has there been any moments that you've had in your career or in all these work that you've had where you've felt it was less than successful? Yeah, I mean, there have definitely been tours that have been really tough. What's been one of the more difficult sh tours you've been on? Probably one of the most difficult ones was one that we did with Jay-Z. Not, be not because of him, but it was because, it, you know, certain stages go together easier than other ones. And Jay-Z's stage was so complicated. <laughs> it really was. It really was. <laughs> well, the guy's got to put on a show. You know? He did, and he put on a hell of a show. Um, and I worked with a lot of great guys on that one. Um, yeah, I, you know... It's kind of like this. If you got a rental car, because all these stages are rented, and if you were to get a rental car, you could rent a Lamborghini or you could rent a Mercedes or a high-end one. You know when you get in, you get in, you go, everything's great, it's perfect. Or you could rent a Honda Civic that's 12 years old and has got 180,000 miles on it. You know, you're going to have... It's not a bad car. Hondas are good cars. But the check engine but light the might check be engine on. lights keep coming on. <laughs> it, might, it might need a wheel bearing. <laughs> you, you can't figure out why. It's got a noisy wheel bearing when you go down the road. Yeah. Know, it's it's going to get you there, but... But it's a little more work, you know. So Jay-Z hired a Honda Civic <laughs> on the stage, and you, <laughs> you had to deal hey, with that. We, may, we turned that Honda into a, uh, a tuner. It was the high-end Honda by the end. Well, so that's also, I think, speaks to uh, your personal excitement in, in the work that you do, in, in, uh, tackling a challenge and accomplishing something difficult is, speaks to job satisfaction. Did you feel at the end of that tour, even though it was very difficult, that you were proud of the work that you did? Yeah. I mean, I, I, like I said before, I worked with a lot of great guys, too. That helps. So maybe not specifically in this example, but has there was there ever a time where you were there any mistakes that you made early on in your career that you wish you could have avoided? Yeah, I mean I make, make mistakes every tour. <laughs> I probably make mistakes every day. How you learn from those mistakes, and, you know, realize okay, 
tomorrow or the next tour or the next whatever. Got to remember that and keep things in a certain order, economy of steps. You know, it's like I'm not going to walk across an arena five times when I can use my brain and think, okay, well, how can we accomplish this in two steps or three steps? Or And, you know, it takes, it takes a good eight, ten shows of a tour to really kind of get it down to where it's like, okay, now it's streamlined. Get the rhythm of the construction process. Yeah, yeah, get the rhythm, knowing what's next. Because everyone is, every tour is different, but there are a lot of things that are the same. It's like, okay, we know we're going to do this, 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 and this first, and that's the order of things. But then this stage is unique, so we've got to change this this way and change that that way. And I've done some tours that were six shows, six big shows. So, so you're at the end of the sixth show and you're going, okay, well, we did it six different times. Um, right. I kind of learned some stuff and, well, see you later, going home. You know, there's so many different departments. I'm one department. I'm the carpentry, the stage. And you've got video, lights, audio, pyro sometimes. And then there's people that are production slash like wardrobe, ambiance, the people that take care of the backstage areas, depending on how big this, this thing is. What's the biggest show you've ever worked on? Could have been that one we were just talking about, the cheesy one. That one, I think we had 17 tractor trailers full. Wow. Wow. <laughs> five of them were mine. Yeah. That's got to feel really cool to be like, yeah, I'm in charge of these five tractor trailers. Yeah. <laughs> that attitude wears off pretty quick. It's like, well, I get five trucks in the, and then you're like, damn it, I've got five trucks. Yeah. <laughs> and, that's, and that's really... That's not that big compared to some of these major shows that go out. There's some that have like 33 trucks, 35 trucks. If you could talk to your younger self, what advice would you give younger Andy? If I knew that I had an in into the music industry, if you're 18, 19, if I knew then that I had somebody that I could say, hey, I want to work in the music industry, like go on the road and tour and everything like that, I would have said, you know what, skip college. Just skip it. You don't need to keep doing the student load and payments every month for the rest of your life. Just go do it. Don't wait until you're, you know, 32, 33, because that's when I started. Just get a lot of experience under your belt, because then that experience can translate into other areas, even off the road. Local promoters, um, Live Nation is a big company, and they, you know, they've got offices all over the states, all over the world. Maybe just go experience it rather than try and learn it out of a textbook and then have that textbook be obsolete the year after you graduate. Would that advice still hold true for someone today? I think things are, the music industry is not dying. It, it, it's just changing. And I think that a lot of the stuff that I did learn is still business. And that's still still works today too. If somebody is considering a career in the music industry, is uh, would, would you advise them to go into carpentry? It's a good start. It's a good start because the stage is an area that everybody has to participate in. You know what I mean? If I'm a video guy, I'm kind of like in video world. Or if I'm a lighting guy, I worry about the lighting. But if I'm a stage guy, I have to interact with the lighting department and I have to interact with the video department and the audio department to make sure that how they play with the stage or how they interact with the stage, every, you know, that make sure everything is going okay. So I kind of get a taste of everything. I get to put a foot in all those little ponds 
A lot of time, if you see stage managers, they probably come from the carpentry area for that reason. Because a car, you know, as you build a stage, you have to look at the big picture, and that's what a stage manager has to do: is look at the big picture and see the logistics of how this is all going to come together. So carpentry can be a good stepping stone into you know, moving up the ladder. My mind is blown right now. Yeah, I I feel I feel like you just cracked the performance side of the music industry. It's, as we heard at the beginning of your story, like it's really just about meeting people, right? Yeah. And and if is. you can if you can get your foot in the door anywhere where you can interact and meet a lot of people, then yeah. you can potentially move around or or find what you like. Uh, First gig came from potatoes, second gig gig came from uh the security guard who worked that tour. He was security <laughs> for the... Uh, security, that's a whole other thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, especially these yeah. days. But he also was a stage carpenter at one point in time. Somebody asked him if he wanted to do this other gig. He was in between security gigs, and he's like, yeah, sure, why not? I'm going to need one more guy. So I got the call. Because that's how the music industry works. That's right. <laughs> you, you know a guy who knows a guy, and... <laughs> Yep. Do you think you're always going to do the stage carpenter thing, or do you think you'll lean more toward typical carpentry, get off the road? <laughs> that's the that's the, the the question of all questions. Um, yeah. So you love it. You love the stage carpentry. On my first tour, I had a guy pull me aside when he noticed, like, man, how are you doing? I'm like, man, this is tough. You know, I'm away from my wife, and it's a little harder than I thought. He's like, well. At the end of this, you got to decide, like, this is going to get in your blood. So you either have to decide that this is what you're doing or it's just going to be too much and you got to walk away. And he was right. He's right. And, yeah. <laughs> um, it does. It, it gets in your blood. You kind of, like, don't mind being exhausted. There's a part of it where you're, like, the adrenaline of, okay, we've got to get this show. And then you see the show happen and you're like, yeah, we did it. Like, it, it, we pulled it off. You know, at the end of the show, every you know the audience is like, "Yeah, let's go home," and every the crew is just like, "Let's go!" You know, we got to tear this thing down and get going and on to the next city. And there's a there's a, a rush to that, and I, I really enjoy that part about it. Ask me that question at the end of a tour, and I'll be yeah, like, right. you know what? "I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done." So uh, we're gonna wrap up with some rapid fire questions that don't really have anything to do with anything. Okay. What's something you shouldn't have bought, but you realize now you can't live without it? Oh. It was that Gretsch, wasn't it? That might be that might be on the list. Yeah. I mean, it was like, did I really need it? Do I really need to spend 350 bucks when I'm broke in college? And yeah, I don't regret it. It's worth probably like three times that now, but. Uh, what's your favorite guitar solo? Well, I started playing guitar because of Eric Clapton, and I'd have to say that the solo on Crossroads, that's up there. That still kind of like makes the hair in my neck stand up a little bit. Current favorite band? Current favorite band and probably always will be my favorite band is The Tragedy Day. Every major thing in my life, the soundtrack behind it is some Tragedy Hip song. What's your guilty pleasure band? Currently, I am listening to David Lee Roth era Van Halen. <laughs> it's partially because 
my children saw one of the minions doing a guitar solo, and I said, you do know that that's Eruption, right? And so you got to hear the original version, and now we play that in the car all the time. Uh, favorite sandwich? Favorite sandwich? I'm pretty classic, like, ham and cheese. Solid choice. Nice. <laughs> Who would win in a fight, Taylor Swift or Justin Bieber? I'm going to go with Taylor Swift because she's got the height advantage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little bit she's of a longer reach. reach. Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep, yep. Cool. T-Swift for the win today. Do you have uh, any last words of wisdom for anyone who is thinking about going, you know, full time in the music industry or, you know, maybe they're high school or college age and they're like, yep, I'm, I'm going to do the music industry thing. Think long and hard about it because you're not just choosing a job. You're in a way choosing a lifestyle. Mm. Um, and that has effects on all the people around you, not just yourself. I've had cases where I've flown home the day before Christmas, had Christmas, and flown out the next day, which no way of getting around it. It's, that's not fun. But again, that doesn't just affect me. That affects my kids and my family, um, missing Thanksgivings and things like that. So you got to yeah. think really long and hard. It's like, is this really, really what I want to do? But if you really, really want to do it, go all in, you know, learn everything you can. Make sure you're going in, guns blazing, and you're learning. Mouth closed, ears open. Well, Andy, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us. No and, uh, yeah, this has been really fun. Explore the world of stage carpentry, which I didn't know was a thing. Oh, yeah. And which made me want to start this podcast and find other jobs that are like that that I, I didn't know existed. So thank you for that, too. No problem. Even though you didn't know you did that. <laughs> I'm glad I'm inspiring people. Andy Jones was a really down-to-earth guy. Uh, one of the things that I noticed about him Im immediately is he's really quick to praise the crew that he worked with. And, you know, we drop him a compliment and he said, yeah, well, thanks, you know, but I had, you know, a great crew and a great group of people working with me. That's probably the right attitude to have when you're working in such a communal space like the music industry is. Everyone's in it together. We're all doing our job and supporting each other. Yeah, that's what I took away from those comments that he made. The people that you work with is one of the best things about working in the music industry, right? Definitely. And we've talked about that before. Like, it's all about community. So I think he just kind of reiterated that point yeah, we've also talked a few times about how the community that you build and the people around you are the ones that are going to continue to get you work once the job you're on is is done. And after his first tour, he wasn't sure what to do, and then he got a gig from the security guard. What a piece of serendipity. And got his whole start from a potato farmer. From potato so, farming. To the point of finding work, he mentions like struggles of just basically being a freelancer which is ha, has come up with other people that we've talked to. When you work in the music industry, chances are you're going to be freelance. And so that's a whole other hurdle of things to clear is yeah, just is. managing a business, managing your day-to-day -day, um, stuff, keeping work coming in. 
And again, he relied on his network to um, keep that work going. So it all comes back to community and all of your problems being solved with other people. Solved by other people. Other people will solve your problems. <laughs> the universe will provide. <laughs> Andy mentioned that he's been at this for seven years and he's at a point where he has work steadily coming in. That's an interesting number because that number has come up before. Like, yeah. you know, Nashville is an eight-year town or a 10-year town or whatever. 10 years to overnight success. Adam Ely said he had his, his mom told him it's going to be six years before you are able to support yourself. Yeah, so crazy, right? Oh, wow, yeah. there's some truth to these things. Yeah. Um, so that's, that was interesting to hear. Uh, another interesting thing for me was learning that carpentry can be a gateway to all things in the music industry. Uh, Andy talked about how as a stage carpenter and managing that project, assembling the stage, you meet and interact with everyone who is on a touring show. It's a good way to build your community and kind of get a feel for the different things that are available. Mm -hmm. and what you might be into. That's really good practical advice. Mouth closed, ears open is also really good practical advice. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's good advice for uh, starting anything. Uh, and that's not to say to like be a pushover or whatever, but listen to what people have to say. Listen to their expertise. Take the parts that work for you and leave the rest. You take what you need and you leave the rest. He's also really good at understanding the expectations that are put upon him as a crew member, not just necessarily his job, right? He knows where he fits inside of that community in this, like the social hierarchy. Like, hey, Andy, have you ever met Prince before? He's like, yeah, I think in passing, he and I said, you know, hey to each other one time. But, you know, if we're hanging out, if, if he's in the green room or something, I'm not going to go up to him and be like, hey, what's going on? My name is Andy and you're Prince, you know. It's, <laughs> Because he would say, oh, cool, it's nice to meet you, and then immediately be fired afterwards because that's not where he fits in the hierarchy of this, of this community. So recognizing not only the expectations that are put upon you of your job, but the expectations that are put upon you in the community that you're in, how you relate to that community, and you know, what you bring to it work-wise. Yeah, and it's important to have some humility like that. I think that was another big thing that I took away from Andy Jones was the guy is just so damn humble. Yeah, he is. Right? Like, there he is. He's, he's doing it. He's making a living. Uh, he's traveled around the world. He's met Prince. He's met Bruce Springsteen. He's met President Barack Obama. Um, he's worked on some really cool shows. Yeah, like you said, he just knows where he fits in. He's just totally fine with that. And he knows when to give credit where credit is due. Yeah. That is everything distilled about... Just being a good person, being a good person to work with, and yeah. then, you know, people will want to work with you and you'll get jobs and just do what Andy Jones does. People will want to work with you. Go back and re-listen to this episode and do all the things that Andy Jones said to do. Meet potato farmers. This, this is a controversial thing I, I want to bring up. We asked Andy, what's some advice you would give to somebody who wants to start out in this kind of thing? He's like, if you know you want to do it, just skip college. Mm -hmm. I think that's controversial advice because I can, I can see both sides of that. I can see it really working out. If this is your, your path and you're 100% committed, um, right. you know, we've talked to a lot of people who are making it happen. So I have no doubt that you could make it happen. However, 
a college degree is a pretty good idea. It's an excellent safety net. And I mean, Andy had one. He had the music business degree, which I think is solid advice. True. It seems like he's not necessarily using it the way that he initially intended to use it. But, you know, it's a business degree, which he mentioned is good, period. So I'm sure he's using lessons he learned from that business degree in his small business that he runs right now. I don't know. He said don't go to college, but I would advise people in the opposite direction. I think it's also a good opportunity to develop who you are personally and develop your skills further too while you're in college. It doesn't hurt that academia is a place where you can fail and there's not that many consequences for it. So you can hone your skills develop your community as long as you're ready for when it's graduation. Okay, it's time to launch into it and do it for real. So I would disagree with Andy Jones about that. And and to Andy's point, I think he recommended that because debt is a real thing, right? That's true. And the long and short of it is you can have a career in the music industry without that degree and without that debt. And so, you know, wouldn't that be fantastic? And the answer is yes. So... Let's also take some advice from Joe Gilder, which was uh, only go to a school who will pay you to go to that school. <laughs> the Music College Heroes <laughs> podcast. That is that is really great advice. We're giving away a copy of Damien Key's book, The Rule Breaker's Guide to Social Media. Head over to our website, musicbusinessheroes.com forward slash book and enter your email address for a chance to win. The winner will be announced in our season wrap episode airing on September 3rd. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a review. Reviews help us feel better about ourselves and help other people find the show. Follow us on Instagram at Music Business Heroes. Send us an email at musicbusinessheroes at gmail.com. Find show notes and past episodes at musicbusinessheroes.com.